Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material Episode 265, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion. Andy, you're so nice to let me introduce myself every week, by the way. I realize I don't give you that same luxury. Only you can do yourself justice, (laughs) I feel. Well, thank you, Andy. Uh, And likewise, I feel like I can do you great justice. So (laughs) that's why I introduced you. It's been my experience (laughs) this year that there ain't no justice. But I appreciate your optimism. (laughs) I mean, I try. I really do try, considering, like, places I'm going now, people have decided that they don't want to wear masks anymore. So I'm trying to, like, remain optimistic throughout Mm. the fact that people in my community do not feel the need to protect themselves, myself, and others. So. Well. Zen. (laughs) I think I I think it's part of that that famous like uh, like L.A. Uh, New York City rivalry. I know you're not in L.A., but uh, like uh, L.A. thought, gee, New York City is getting like the whole like spotlight of ooh, mm. we're the number one COVID hotspot in the mm-hmm, entire world mm-hmm. in the entire country. We want some of that love. Open the beaches. Just Open let beaches. everyone onto the beaches. It's fine. Just. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, boy. I, keep, I keep forgetting that like beaches in uh, like California and L.A. are different from like beaches in New England where. Well, SoCal beaches are in the in the yeah. northern areas. It's well, you got to wear like three layers of wetsuit yeah, before exactly. you can even go into the water. Otherwise, your <laughs> limbs will fall off. Um, it's It really is like that cold up here. Uh, but, you know, on the plus side, though, because I live up here, I can go a little further north and we can get a little like beach coastal time you know get some of that sea air and we're not really like you know covered in people because nobody is nobody (laughs) wants to be nobody wants to be at the beach up here it's like miserable it is literally (laughs) miserable unless you are surfing and like in the water it's not comfortable to be on it and also another thing i like to remind people is that one of the popular beach destinations in northern california which is bodega bay uh was where the birds was filmed so I remind people that if you go there, you will be attacked by crows. <laughs> so, you know, it, it helps so, keep so people the, away. <laughs> so, the, so the beach music is like less like Van Halen and more like the Smiths, Morrissey. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just some very dramatic, like uh, what would be late 60s, early 70s uh, background, you know, movie soundtrack just to kind of. Rosemary's Baby soundtrack, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that movie really did scare me, by the way, as a kid. Very, very effective. Never have, like, middle-aged to elderly people been so effective in scaring the bejesus out of me and everybody else. That was- I was 11 when I first saw that movie, and we had it. It was at a sleepover. Really, I had this friend who was really into horror movies. I mean, back then, the horror movie was, like, Scream, you know, but then... Some of us, I guess, wanted to experience the vintage past. And so we watched the birds and it was a sleepover and there was an open fireplace downstairs in the living room. We were all sleeping and I was very scared to be near that fireplace because of the scene in the birds where the birds all come in through the fireplace (laughs) and start attacking. the. Oh, my gosh. So kudos to Hitchcock for scaring me as an 11 year old in uh, the 90s because I'm sure that's. (laughs) 
I mean, it's a ge- to manage to scare children into other generations, I think, is a great feat. It really <laughs> speaks to them as a filmmaker, right? So, kudos. It does. It it does what it says on the package. Exactly. You, you, um, <laughs> YouTube algorithm has been very nice to me in that it's been yes. finding lots of like 1960s and 1970s like British horror movies, which are adorable. They're adorable. And they're well. They're like like Saturday afternoon like creature double feature on TV sort of stuff where it's like Peter Peter Cushing is in at least a third of them. And there are like lines that oh, that carnivorous plant has just crikey bitten the dickens out of my arm. I shan't <laughs> I shan't survive it. You you and the your secretary go go to safety. I shall throw them off. <coughs> Ooh, pardon me. By I the way, R.I.P. Peter Cushing. Uh, R.I.P. What a career! What a career! Hmm. I didn't even realize he he was taken from us so early. He was taken from us yeah. in 1994, which you don't realize because when you watch Star Wars over and over, like every year, you know, you do your repeat of the watch of the original trilogy. You, I mean, and back then we didn't have Twitter to, you know, sadly tell us. Anyway, we're veering extremely off topic. Andy, <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm feeling off topic this week. So Hello. I told you earlier before we started recording that I'm a little discombobulated. So no, no. Again, I think we're. I think we're all. We're all going to be. We're both going to be sort of adjusting because, uh, as I as I told you before the show, I am on. I have no air conditioning. We're in the middle of not technically heat wave, yeah. but like it's been like mid to high 80s every single day and high humidity. I'm wearing my third. A clean clean t-shirt of the day so there's there you might you might get grumpy andy today because there's been a lot of have you considered <laughs> arizona actually don't consider arizona first of all yeah way too many covid cases second of all um <laughs> way too hot that's like that's I peak got, dry heat i got a i got a job offer in in arizona and it was a really good job offer like year, years ago to be like the film critic of like a really huge newspaper down there. And one of the things that kind of got me out of that was trying to find anybody I knew who had experience with like, I'd had, of course, I'd have to move to Phoenix and like, okay, well, is I suppose that there's maybe like a local art scene and local culture. There and no, is, there is, there and, is. And there, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, uh, this was like, the year 2000, I think, 1999, 2000. And I really couldn't turn up anybody who could be really enthusiastic about like moving there permanently. And as, and I, I don't, and I don't mean That's that. That's a great point. No, I, I, and I, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a dig against Phoenix. I'm talking more particularly about, let's say that at that point in life, I had always lived within 30 minutes of Boston. I Which was is say, the New the Englandiest East, of New England yeah. cities, and and just the East Coast. It would be a bit of a jarring thing, you know. East Coast, Southwest, West Coast. There's a there's a reason that we find ourselves in, and I realize this is extremely off topic, but I kind of don't care. Um, <laughs> we find we find ourselves in very distinct parts of the U.S. Um, for instance, I have so many wonderful people that I know in the Pacific Northwest, but like I could never live north of eureka california 
uh, which is only a five hour drive from where I live. So this just it, it's just absolutely not for me. I don't, you know, fit in there. Uh, similarly, I do find myself that I think I would really enjoy living. Another side of me would really enjoy living in Las Vegas. Another side of me you will never see, Andy. The only person who's <laughs> ever seen this side is my husband. And that's why we got married because he still accepted me for who I was. Um, anyway. Extremely off topic. I just, I guess I just really missed you, Andy, and I just wanted to yeah. talk, and now we're doing it on. <laughs> on I know. The I'm less, I, I am less grumpy now, now that I'm talking to a good friend. <laughs> oh. So we should probably talk about tech. Talk though. about something. Yeah. Uh, well, so I talked, I, I mentioned, was it last week or the week before, that I was doing like a 30 day experiment to see, okay, right. well, what happens if I stop using Chrome? And, and it turns out that I won't say that I was on the vanguard of a cultural trend. More like it just seems to be there's an incoming wave of, I won't call it resentment against Chrome, but just realization it's that- It's the pandemic. It's it's the pandemic. It's the work from home. We've all had to like be at home with our home computers. Nothing work sponsored here. And everybody has realized what a hog Chrome is. <laughs> yep. Um, like Joanna Stern of the Wall Street Journal was tweeting about uh, switching to Edge that was like last week. I don't know if she's written she's written about it, but I was it's like, oh well, geez, I did that. I did that too, and I also found that it's like faster and neater. And the only thing I miss is Chrome syncing, and I could probably find a way to sync bookmarks or a different bookmarking thing. Lifehacker did a whole article uh, saying, yes, you should quit using Google Chrome, uh, which is uh, which you got to say is uh, that that's a very frisky uh, headline because. It presupposes that the reader has already been thinking about it. So mm. I don't know if Brendan has 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 his thumb on the on the pulse of something or other, or he's just buying user stats data from whatever aggregator that life hacker. Just go using. on Twitter. You'll see plenty of us <laughs> complaining about Chrome. Like just just type it in on Twitter and and you'll see people just really dissatisfied with. And it's not I mean look, I'm I'm looking at our show notes in Google Chrome right now. But I also have Edge in the background opened to some sites that I would consider very heavy sites. Yeah. Like Twitter, Adobe Spark. I just have decided to open like those app-like sites in Edge and I've generally had a better experience versus Chrome has just kind of stayed my Here's my Google Docs, my, you know, my Google, it's my Google Drive portal, basically, and anything Googly related to my business. But everything else, gosh, and Edge looks really nice, too, on Windows 10. Um, it does work. The The only thing that's, anno the only thing that's annoying about Edge is when other browsers say, or particularly Google, when you try to open Google Docs, saying, hey, yes, you're yes. not using Chrome. Yes. You Would you like to, to install Chrome? It's like, Clear stop it. Ooh, you're using, Microsoft, you're using Microsoft Edge. Clearly, you have done this in error. Can I help you fix this problem? Like, no. I, that it's, was quite intentional. It's like intentional. that friend. That fr Listen, I understand that friend is feeling super insecure. You know, they keep inviting you out to a movie, but, like, you ask for some space. Just respect it. Respect the boundary. Um, Chrome has no chill. <laughs> it, it definitely, I get that like every, and also I've been doing, by the way, Bing searches on Microsoft edge. Cause I just like, didn't care to go in and change the default search. I was just like, whatever. I don't really care. Um, it it's, I kind of 
I love it, but I also kind of hate it. Uh, and I hate it because there is no algorithm. I know this is a love-hate thing, right? I love it because there is no algorithm. I hate it because there is no algorithm. Because at least on Google, it knows I don't want stupid links. I don't want stupid <laughs> things that I would not be interested in. I don't know. Google has a better way of just kind of curating the search. And, and when we talk about antitrust stuff, I know somebody's going to yell in the background. No, they're not. They're just like gaming the system. But that's listen. In some cases, it's I'm I appreciate it because I'll go on Bing and it'll give me something completely like questionable. Yeah, you don't you don't realize how uh, how much of an asset uh, Google's understanding of you built over years and years and years is until <laughs> blessing I, it's, and a curse. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean because there's. Uh, uh, like there, there's a uh, comic book character that I don't read comics as much as I used to, but sometimes I'll do a search just to see, oh, has this character appeared in like anything new? Mm-hmm, this, and mm-hmm. It's a Mar- Marvel Comics character, uh, but uh, her, her, she is also a name of a European car. Uh, that the name of the character is also uh, a s- woman who is very active in porn. Uh, and that's also, the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's See? where it becomes a problem when and you're I'm, when you're binging something that also and you want to yes. make sure. That, and <laughs> Google knows that if I'm if I'm searching for this character's name, I probably I not probably I definitely want like the the Marvel Comics Avenger right. character, not right. somebody else. But I have but I have to this something that I've been sort of um, wondering recently is, and I, I'm trying to like, test this. Uh, okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to use uh, Bing and DuckDuckGo uh, as alternative search engines, just yeah. to see if, um, if maybe part, maybe some of its results are going to be better because it's not. They're not very popular search engines, so the people who pump content out there are not going to be, are not going to be as interested in gaming their algorithms as they are in gaming Google search. Like right. how like Pinterest. Like every time you do like a search for anything. Pinterest will be, or particularly an image search, and it's like I'm, if I'm looking. Just last night, I was looking for um, a CD cover art uh, for a CD I just ripped, and as usual, like I have to use like the Google Mojo to uh, search mo- Mojo to say, and don't send me any Pinterest links. Period, because Pinterest does. I found out that Pinterest does this really kind of crummy thing where. Uh, when you do a, when, when something is posted on Pinterest, uh, the system will then do a reverse Google image search on mm-hmm. that f- picture, and then use that to absolutely flood that page with every tag it can possibly find in that reverse image search. So you can do things. You, so you can do things like uh, I want to give me pictures of uh, Carol Vaness CDs, mm-hmm. and so one third to. 140% of all their search results will be not just like Pinterest links, but irrelevant Pinterest links. Mm-hmm. Like everything that anybody has ever linked to from a link, through a link, via a fourth link to a uh. – and so that, that, And it's that, a search engine, by the way. They're their own search engine. So it's just very like uh, – mm-hmm. So, yeah, so. it's <laughs> – I can't the, the 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 um the blessing and a curse keeps reverberating in my mind because I just keep thinking about 
how that algorithm can just be so so on the money when you need it to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, on 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 a certain level, Google has not only got me uh, in terms of the information that's collected of me, but it, it gets me. Yep, it's like okay, oh, and but but that that doesn't mean that like I'm not. Uh, uh, when, when I'm not grateful to and attracted to like Edge and other even Chromium-based browsers mm-hmm. being way aggressive about protecting my privacy, um, one of the most <laughs> one of the most exciting things about I, I, I love how uh, Apple's uh, Apple's uh, uh, Safari browser, particularly for iOS uh, uh, th- this year, it is uh, getting into it. It is raise the war against like uh, uh, t- tracking and marketing in in, uh, in web pages to almost like a militant sort of thing. They're, they've elevated to the stake of shaming <laughs> to say instead of putting up like you know we have a you, you, we all have like our little uh, uh, we we have like I have uBlock Origin I have like mm-hmm. Ghostry other things and there's okay there's a little shield up there telling me with a number of how many trackers there are letting me know that you may not want this but if you want it here click on me and I'll give you a detailed report whereas Safari on like iPhone is like this web is this web page is trying to is trying to uh, do a snapshot of your internal memory so that it can identify you. Do you want me to block this? Because I can block this. I please let me block this. I want. I so it would make me so happy to block this. And you're like, oh dear, why? Why is my church website trying to? T- no, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. It, thank it always you. is. This- the church website, like, oh, why is this church? <laughs> That's a good one, Andy. You know, ever uh, since that new pastor came aboard and suddenly said, no, we're not doing the big spring fling potluck, even though we've done it for the past 18 years and I've organized it so well. I knew he was Trump. I bet he had something to do with this. He's one of those Gen Xers. He's one. <laughs> he's he's slacking all over our congregation is what he's doing. Uh, uh. So so uh, 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 now you had a nice conversation. Well, you uh, we were all one big uh, lovely community of, of podcasters. You you had Dave Burke, vice president of uh, uh, Google Engineering, uh, Android Engineering, on all about Android. Yesterday, I mean, it's only my third. It's only my third year <laughs> interviewing him. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm, but I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Um. Well, I I don't want to. I'll, I'll I will of course everyone everyone after you're done with our podcast because again we we have so much Google focused content for now. I know you I know you would hate to miss any of the any of the rest of it that we had today. However, they I they, you found out that the 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 snack the the snacking association of uh, of Android OS key, buzz uh, keyword development words uh, has gone underground. That's not no longer official, but there still is one defiantly. Yes, yes. Uh, Red Velvet Cake, uh. which made me really, really happy to know that Android 11 would have been named Red Velvet Cake because if we would have had Google I.O. this year, that means that I probably would have eaten something with Red Velvet Cake as the flavoring, uh, which is delicious because Red Velvet Cake really is just colored chocolate, as we found out from binging various baking 
cake cake baking shows. Um, also, I'm very stuck on the fact that, yes, I was tooting my own horn a little bit earlier, but... <laughs> Uh, and I, and I feel silly and weird for doing that out loud, but you know what? I'm just going to let it go. Um, Dave Brooke is great. He was a really great interview too. Um, he, he actually really offers a lot of insight just into like, if you're a, if you're an Android developer, I think, um, part of the thing that keeps a lot of folks in this, in this space is the fact that it is so community oriented, not just at the community level, but also at like the upper executive level, like people, the folks at Google know how important the developer community is just pushing forward this platform. And I love to just hear about the ways that Android is being made to be more friendly, not only to users, but also to developers, because then it makes me think like, this is something that maybe I could get into one day. I don't know. It just, it makes it actually seem more accessible, even though the conversations that we usually have on All About Android can be very jargony, you know, because the audience at All About Android is a very, spe- I mean, even here at Materials, very specific, like, you guys are here to hear about Google, to hear about Android, and so it can get very jargony because people know about it in this space, but I like the fact that some of this stuff sometimes is like, you know what, that's pretty great. Like, that's something that I could tell somebody to, you know what, why don't you go try out this Kotlin thing? Like, see if it's something that, you know, you can find your way around to kind of make to make something. Um, I don't know. I've also been thinking a lot about this just because I've been playing around with web design this last year, just kind of playing with CSS and um, noticing how the design paradigms all kind of relate to each other across the board. So I realize I'm getting completely off topic here and I apologize. (laughs) Again, all over the place today, but oh, it was a great well, interview. So, it, 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 uh, I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. I, I had bookmarked this. Oh wow, it's a cream it, red velvet cake. Was is like with the development team inside, even, even though they've been forbidden. They're, they they decided to take back the night, so to speak, uh, and have an internal designation. Now, uh, I'm see, it's a really it's a really good choice. Because and they could have used this in marketing because red velvet cake is a very confusing cake. Because right. I too thought that it was like okay, chocolate, but they've just added food coloring to it. Mm-hmm. When I did my research for today and just look into it, well, first of all, there's cream cheese frosting, which I did mm. not remember until I was reminded mm. of it. Okay, cream cheese frosting, boom good one but it turns out that it is actually a vanilla cake with a little bit of cocoa powder so technically Mm -hmm. it is a vanilla cake and basically the color not only does it turn your tongue beet red uh, but it's also (laughs) like confusing your palate because you're not getting that visual cue from the color that okay yellow equals vanilla brown equals chocolate get ready taste buds this is what you're going to get red we don't know. If it's not strawberry, then your hands are tossed up in the air. But I, I I do feel as though this does give us light. Thank you for breaking this story because it does give us license to have red velvet cake. Well, and they said that they weren't going to stop using the desserts internally, although it is worth noting. Oh, spoiler alert. Me, the desserts are best used internally. I've been yeah. using desserts internally for <laughs> 
as long as I can remember, as long as I understood that carbohydrates make me happy. It, it really helps. It really helps take the edge off. Um, they don't actually refer to it as red velvet cake in the code. It's referred to as RVC. So in case anybody is wondering, um, I'm, you know, I'm, man, things are really changing. And this is like one thing that has changed, but also thankfully there was an answer to that question. So there's some consistency for all y'all. It's see that see that's the other thing I like about it. every every time that I've talked to somebody in, at Google, whether it was on the record or off the record, they're not like Apple in that they will they will answer questions, and even if they can't answer a question, they'll find a way to give you information mm-hmm. and instead of just like you know shutting up and slamming the door. Although we do we do have one counter example to that in our top story. Oh <laughs> yes, and in, in Act One, but it's but it's like Apple's just boring when you say you there there have been times where like I, i've i've had good relationships with the people that i officially talked to at apple for a long long time the people who talk to me on who are allowed to talk to me on the record mm-hmm. and the number of t- and so like as as such like the first few minutes are just like friendly catching up and that sort of thing and i've i've come this close to thinking that i have a lot do, does this does our relationship give me license to say oh for god's sake I'm not asking you to give me the specifications of the iPhone 15. I'm just asking you <laughs> if there if you have if you've added memory to this to make sure that it can multitask better. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think I, you know that I'm not asking you, ooh, ooh, what's the chamfer angle of the 2027 iPhone going to be? I just want to be able to make sure that I understand that when you're telling me that this is a modular pogo pin configuration and it'll support all way, I'm just saying, are you delivering power? Are you delivering high-speed data? Can you deliver video from it? I'm not saying, please confirm to me that you're asking. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry, that's a lot of... I, time for a break, maybe? Time that for, would be time a good... For a break. I, I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's just fine. We will be back after this message. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart registration form or contact us page? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you will be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Well, I started my day at uh, 4.45 a.m. today, and I started it by spending... Voluntarily? Uh, my sleep schedule has gotten kind of wacky, but mm-hmm. the thing is there are advantages to this because, uh, while I was navigating that choice between, okay, it's now like after four Andy and, 
you were you slept for like three hours from like eleven until two, and you did the thing where you just stay in bed and with all the lights off and you don't turn on any screens and that didn't work. And then you said, Okay, I'll turn on the computer and I'll just like not even do any work, but I'll just try to bore myself to and that didn't work. And are you gonna so now you gotta ask, are you gonna like try to get back to sleep or are you just time to like get out of bed and shower and start the day and not waste any more time? But the advantage of that uh, is that uh, if I'm on uh, a message board that's that posts like really, really, really good deals, mm-hmm. I can get in like really quickly before the rest, most of the Western world is is awake. Yeah, I always so, wake up to sales like just things being sold out, special edition yeah. things because y'all on the East Coast apparently. Yeah, well, so the world I, goes by your time. <laughs> well, but the the downside of that is that like after clicking. Uh, Placing my order and and filling everything in and clicking the the, getting the confirmation code. Now I finally realize that oh, it's you 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 are not even it's four forty five. You have barely started your day. You've already spent two hundred and thirty dollars that you didn't think (laughs) you didn't that up to that uh, up until like twenty minutes ago you didn't think you'd be spending. Uh, So yeah, yeah, because there there was there was was, it's just that my my favorite hard drives of the. Uh, Western Digital, like eight terabyte drive. The, mm. There's Best Buy has an exclusive on one right. specific model, and uh, they're sort of like uh, for me, they're like paper towels. It's like I I use them all the time, and when I see yeah. a good deal, I also want to buy some extra because so I bought bought two of these. One of them is going to be like an an added redundant backup to my my server, and then another one the other one is just going to stay in the box and stay in the closet for. Those times where you're totally screwed, but oh wait, I have a totally empty eight terabyte USB three external hard drive. I'm saved, uh, and maybe I, I speak of this because it was a really complicated thing that led me to make a purchasing decision that quickly. And Google is once again trying to get some leverage into the shopping market. They are. <laughs> <laughs> this is their fourth or fifth big push to make Google Shopping into a real thing and compete with Amazon. Uh, the story came across just today. We're recording on Thursday that they are now making some pretty aggressive offers to people who sell things online and also adding some pretty attractive features to make selling through Google <laughs> very, very attractive Um this, there's a nice article in the New York Times, also a Google blog post. Um, so let's listen to this. So starting to starting today, retailers who are selling directly through Google Shopping will now pay no commission fees to Google whatsoever. Uh, New York Times article says that commissions uh, used to range from five to fifteen percent. So you suddenly get five to fifteen dollars out of every hundred dollars back uh okay. they're also now letting you use uh third-party digital commerce tools and services so like if you're a retailer if you want to use like paypal for for your payments if you've got inventory management software that you want to interface through if you've got a fulfillment center that you want to interface through no problem they'll let you they'll let you hook those up uh they're rolling out slowly starting with paypal and shopify but that's another thing where yeah but i don't want to have to switch to like google pay or switch to this nope nope keep it um they're also i didn't realize they weren't doing this already so you if you're an ebay or like an organized ebay or amazon seller obviously you have inventories you have and use inventory management software and now you can just upload your inventory file and 
any of a number of very, very commonly used formats instead of having to do the data migration however you're going to be able to do it. Uh, they're also saying that if you're an Amazon seller, you can just move your entire inventory to uh, Google Shopping immediately. Um, and this is also uh, – this uh, this uh, adds on to uh, something that they already added in 2020, uh, which is now uh, all listings are free. <laughs> so they're really, really aggressive about this. They are hmm. – and you can sort of see why because, like, Amazon is the Google of retail. Like, even, even I, like, the first – if I want to know roughly how much something costs or – uh, if I, when I, when I'm doing a purchase for myself, I really, that is my first go-to. I don't even, I realize that there's a shopping tag, uh, tab in Google search, but I never pay any attention to it. I, I don't even go into Google search at all. I just go to Amazon to say, oh, well, when was this released and when is this going to be updated and what's the price of this right now? Uh, and when you think about it, uh, Google is losing a lot <laughs> from that, from, from that lapse because Google is a search company. If you want to search for something and just get information about it and find out where it's for sale and how to buy it, they hope they're going to hope that you will go to Google's search to make that happen. But that also means that like one of the reasons why Amazon has become so big and so powerful even beyond being the biggest international electronic retailer everywhere is that um, they're able to they they can they get to look at every single part of your buying decision because you might say okay well I need a I need a mixer and so I'm going to go go to amazon.com search for mixers and then so well how about a stand mixer instead like uh, I don't know well, how much is this really nice kitchen mate? oh that's really really expensive oh I thought you were talking about like a DJ mixer but anyway oh. <laughs> <laughs> well it's part of that generation like, well, I, I, I'm I, seeing I, I'm surprised because we spent a lot of time talking about red velvet cake. So you 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 know that that's where my brain is going to. Like maybe I can make delicious cakes at home. Cakes well, then I was thinking everyone's rolls. stuck at home, so <laughs> at home DJ anyway. <laughs> my cat, my cat does not want to does not want to to dance to whatever I'm, what I'm dropping. Uh, but. <laughs> But yeah, so so there so in the middle of that, like they're learning so much about you, building a profile. They're also uh, it's also empowering their advertising model because again, they they not only know what you, uh, the, what you bought, they know all the decisions you made in order to get there. So the things they can learn about you. Uh, but once again, it's like I don't know how easy it's going to be to retrain all their users, like the world's users, because yep. we, we we talked about. Uh, how I'm trying to use DuckDuckGo more. I'm trying to use Bing more. And at this point, it's like muscle memory. Just, I want to do a search, I'll go to Google. Even in even in Bing, it's like I've got Google set as my search, uh, as my search page. And it's hard not to, after knowing, knowing how well it works or at least knowing how the tools work, it's hard to break that sort of habit. And so now this is, this is a pretty aggressive push. They're basically... <laughs> they're they're basically paying paying retailers to be their friend at this stage because they're saying no no please please well it'll be totally free and we won't take any money from you and we'll let you just like click a few buttons and suddenly all your inventory is going to be listed on Google Shopping uh, and it's a, and it's not a bad service i ju- it just doesn't occur to me to use it i would be very we were talking before the show about 
stuff that we have piled away to sell someday. And I wonder if this is something that I could navigate as just like, as just a me with a garage full of stuff that needs to be sold. And maybe in that case, Google shopping or whatever this is called would be, I think would be a more formidable, uh, alternative to like Shopify, you know, like the at home sort of thing. It's just thinking about it uh, at scale against Amazon. I definitely agree that it's it's kind of a hard sell. Um, Gosh, it's so interesting to just talk about the ways that Google sort of is attempting to insert itself into some very, very established places. But the trade off for Google would be if it could do this commerce thing, it would do the same thing Amazon does all over the web with its advertising, right? Yeah. It would just, it would, I guess by doing this commission-free thing, it would allow that inventory to be displayed through ads um, wherever Google ads are displayed. So makes sense from a Google yeah. business standpoint why they would want to pursue that. I just don't know that... I just don't know that a, that a big shop that's been relying on Amazon for so many years would do that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know either, but it's it's got to be attractive to say that whatever fees Amazon is charging you, we can beat that by charging you nothing. For and, now. And for now, exactly. <laughs> and they are and they are rolling this out over the over the course of months, so it's not as though someone who uh, who runs an any book a used bookstore can immediately start selling on Google shopping uh, tomorrow uh, I see I and inst- I also kind of like the idea of you know if I go to if I go to Amazon and buy it through Amazon even though even if I'm buying it through a, a, an Amazon seller and not through Amazon itself that increases the reach and the power of this company. Whereas if I go through Google shopping, if this and uh, this new outreach program leads me to be able to not only be searching, if, if I'm looking for that hard drive again, saying, Oh, well, is this right? Is this price like really, really as good as I think it is. Uh, and if it turns up that, well, we have, if it turns up like a smaller retailer, that's local, that can actually give it to me next day, not because they're driving their delivery people to 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 frustration, anxiety, and death, but because well, they happen to be just two Ouch. towns over. Yes, and and also knowing that well, I, oh wow, is is that that like square building that I sometimes like drive past? Like oh okay, well I'm glad to put some money into like my state economy rather than necessarily into Amazon. But right. And and I and I also like the idea of casting a wider net, but that's that's the problem with Amazon. They've already like if I'm if I'm it the, it's always really really fun to because a lot of the things that I buy are like used books, like old like research books that I'm looking for something esoteric because there's something I'm writing about and I need this reference book that was published in an academic press by like in 1974, and oftentimes so I'll go to a books. Uh, or I'll do I'll do a Google search for that, 
And I might – hoping that someone has just said, well, look, this is a 50-year-old book that no one cares about. And it was published like 80 copies. And that, I'm, maybe somebody's just like put a PDF of it somewhere. Uh, yeah, so I'm hoping that someone put a PDF of it somewhere. But when I don't find it, I, I'll, I might, I'll find like a listing for it on, on A Books. I might even find an independent like bookseller that, that turned up a list. And I might even find that same bookseller selling that same book on Amazon at a different price. And it's a it becomes a it becomes a situation where I kind of would like to reward the company that can do their business without being so dependent on huge multi billion dollar corporations that in the end don't really care whether this individual little company uh, vendor lives or dies. Well, either way, I think I'm going to try this out because I got a lot of Star Trek toys in my garage that need to go. Um, yeah, I see, it's weird. In the interview is a so two car bil- garage. There's only one car in it right now. It just, just does not. Okay, sorry. You have a YouTube channel of like, hi, my name is Florence Zion, and I spend my day with my family touring garage sales for things we can sell on eBay. Come with us on our journey. Ding, that ding, was ding, my ding, that was my experience in the '90s, just touring garage sale. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. We keep going off topic. I can't help it. No, 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 no. It's good. I can't help it. Garage sales are awesome. That's my. They are awesome. They are peek inside other people's lives, which is why I watch reality TV. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of reality. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, <laughs> Google was uh, Google hired a uh, Google hired a new president of commerce, uh, Bill Reddy, who used to work at uh, PayPal, uh, and that's so competing with Amazon, according to what a name uh, too. Sorry, Bill, Bill Reddy. Reddy. Bill. Ready? Yes, he's. That's that's something Bill's that an editor. Bill's ready for you to pay. Exactly. That's 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 something that you you if that's if if that's like on page one or two of a novel that you're reading by a, an author you're not familiar with, that might get you convinced that this person is kind of a hack and maybe not worth fifteen dollars of your Kindle money. Uh, but no, no, he turns out he's a real, he turns out he's a real guy. Um, it was funny. The, uh, so the New York times article was written by Daisuke Wakabayashi. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. I need, needed two tries for that. Uh, but he was, <laughs> it's a New York times piece and it's very, 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 very factual, but, uh, he found a nice way of making a certain point. Uh, <laughs> he's saying, while all, uh, while all Google's moves are clearly aimed at unsettling Amazon, Mr. Reddy wouldn't address its Seattle rival and refused to utter the A word even once in a 20 minute discussion. He even dodged a question about what is the name of the giant rainforest in South America? <laughs> way to go, Daisuke. What, a, let me, <laughs> Daisuke, what, what is, I'm looking for the tip jar icon, like on this article, because I want to buy you a coffee. <laughs> That's wow. <laughs> that's, that is that is amazing. Um that's truly amazing. Wow. Well, that should tell you about what this whole news item is really about there. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, they just well, uh, throughout all of this and through other articles that got written about this today, they the 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 two syllable word eBay was not brought up so it looks which is surprising because a lot of retailers do use like ebay as like an alternative front end that that hard drive that i mentioned uh, mm-hmm. i bought it directly mm-hmm. from best buy's website but they were also offering the same deal through ebay mm-hmm. so they have best buy this big box retailer also has an ebay store yep. so and uh 
I don't know. Like I'm sure I don't even I, I don't think that Google Shopping is an eBay for individual people like it can, like it can be for eBay. Like if I, like if I had like an old stereo system that I just want to get out of my house, <laughs> that I don't think I could use Google Shopping to sell it. So I think I think they really do want to get like actual like big electronic retailers formal electronic people who have inventory inventory yes control yes i understand i understand what you mean yeah well we'll see i suppose we'll see like i guess it, as this is the as, best time to do online shopping considering everyone is only really shopping in this manner so yeah. i guess it would make sense for them to really push this out well, the best, the, the best, and the worst time because there, there would have been a. T- a, a uh, I, I'm correcting myself before I say it. This is this was like the best deal on these hard drives I've ever seen, and this is something that I kind of track. So I would have bought them either way, but there, there have been times in the past couple months where, you know, I've just clicked the buy it now button instead of just saying let's hold, let's hold off for a couple of days. I, I mean, this is a nice CD. This is an interesting Blu-ray. It is kind of weird that I don't have a copy of Mary Poppins, even though I think that's a lovely film, the one time I saw it 11 years ago. But, Andy, why do you suddenly have a bug up your nose about suddenly acquiring it now at 2.35 a.m. in the middle of the weekday when you're just surfing eBay because you're bored? Listen, why was I looking up Pokemon Polly Pocket the other day? Uh- <laughs> well, okay, speaking of, speaking of poor consumer choices... Uh- <laughs> So okay, nice. so uh, <laughs> I don't want to shock people who've always associated the Google Pixel name brand with unswerving quality in in manufacture and all things, but it turns out that Faith and Bagora uh, they've actually shipped a Pixel phone that has some defects that some uh, users are reporting on. Uh, some Pixel Four XL owners are reporting that the back glass panel is peeling off. Yeah. Uh, this was a bunch of Reddit posts, over the, a flurry of them uh, over the past month, uh, that have culminated in a Google support doc. Um, there was speculation underscore speculation from somebody in a, re- in a uh, repair shop who says, oh, yeah, we've been, see- we've been seeing a lot of those. I think that maybe the connector, an internal connector is defective and is causing the internal battery to swell. And to be sure, every time that you have you see um, uh, a mobile device where it it seems to be like popping open, the first thing you think is, oh, "Okay, the battery is swelling." I had a my first pair of uh, of AirPods. I had to take them back after a couple of months because it, it wasn't like popping. I could just see like the seam that held like these two halves of one of the earbuds together was like separating a little bit. And they swapped them for me, like right at the Apple Store, like without any questions asked. And initially, I thought, oh, well, I wonder if it, I dropped them or something like that. Then only later on, I realized that, oh no, it must have been like the battery swelling and pressing these things. That's always like your go-to first guess when something like that happens. Um, Google said uh, Google has been ju- jumped in on this uh, and has said, no, 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 definitely not that. It's definitely not the battery swelling. Uh, they didn't actually clarify of what it could be, but they did say that apparently people who have been suffering from this uh, undertaking, uh, they get on to uh, one-to-one support. They will uh, uh, Google is just swapping them out uh, and giving you a replacement one, uh, still in warranty, of course. That doesn't speak to what will happen if this happens uh, after it's out of warranty. Uh, but 
good heavens. It's like, I mean, you had your own problems with your Pixel 3. It's I like- did, but that was because I got haunted by a ghost. Um, uh, but I have been hearing about this Pixel 3 XL. It, also, it only happens to me and my family. I don't know why. But um, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of reports about this. I know this is like a really, this is a thing that's been brewing. And I think it's just something that's worth talking about because we have, we just talk so much about these phones that are supposed to push Android forward that are supposed to help like grow the platform and i really feel like even though oh excuse me it's the pixel 4 yeah pixel 4 pixel 4 oh my gosh i said pixel 3 i meant pixel 4 um it's a pixel 3 that i was haunted on pixel 4 is okay but i have the small one i don't have the xl but this isn't the first time i've heard of this glass back um situation and i i just I'm very concerned about how Google's going to fare this year with its hardware choices. That's that's kind of where I'm at in terms yeah. of opinions. Um especially because I've been seeing what else is out there and I like what I see and I think I feel like we're returning back to a time where or we're coming back around to a time where Google's hardware is not going to be the de facto standard. It's going to be whatever the third party OEMs are kind of putting forward. And I think it's because of stuff like this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm feeling it too. And it's like, I, I haven't, it's not like I've lost faith in, in pixel at all. It's no, just, no, yeah. it's just that like, as I'm making a buying decision, a part of me is like, okay, but remember that uh, just be ready. Cause in a couple of months after you buy it, there could be problems or you could, you could be looking up a part, a, a serial number to see if yours falls within the, the, or within the, the problematic series of manufactured devices that might fold in of its uh, on itself, even though it's not a foldable phone. Um, but it, this is a dangerous time for, uh, for Google to not have a, a brand that can attract loyalty and respect uh, Boy Genius Report uh, last week was reporting on uh, marketing research uh, by the Consumer Intelligence Research Partners, uh, which is just you know your your basic you know uh, uh, analyst think tank sort of group, mm-hmm. uh, and the, this group was analyzing the sales of the iPhone SE. That's uh, Apple's uh, three hundred ninety nine dollar alternative to the iPhone ten series. And after finding out, after uh, revealing that, gee, this is a a huge amount of sales. It was uh, amounting to 19% of all phone sales, uh, given that, which is pretty remarkable given that it's only been out for a couple of months. They were also saying that, according to their research, that uh, this phone was not really cannibalizing. sales of high-end iPhones either. Um, They were saying that, uh, I'm quoting the Boy Genius Report here, uh, one of the more interesting data points relayed by CIRP is that 26% of new iPhone SE owners made the switch over from Android. SERP notes that this figure is, quote, higher than normal Android to iOS switching. (laughs) So the fact that you can get an iPhone, not just an iPhone, but a really kick-butt iPhone that seems to has the same... Uh, processing power as uh, any other iPhone you could buy and very few compromises that you can really name uh, for $399, particularly in an environment where Android seems to have problems pushing their own $399 4A out the door. That's risky, man. That is kind of dangerous. 
It is. We don't have it was it was a little frustrating this week to hear about the launch of the OnePlus Nord overseas and just like what that the kind of value add that that's supposed to be, how it's supposed to be the all the best parts of the flagship phone, but for this very affordable price. And Apple may have come later to that idea than because I know Android's been doing it for years. But the problem is the Android prices kept going up and up. And up, yep. and then even this year we saw OnePlus come up with their flagship phones much more than they have been in the past, and so we don't really have that price, that you know, that little price bubble anymore. We're kind of we're either on the high side where it's like eight hundred dollars and more or seven hundred dollars or more, I guess, just to cap it off there, or we're like sub three hundred, which is very low end yeah. and just not really water soluble phones. Yeah, exactly. And phones you can dunk into a hot cup of tea and eat. Exactly. And it just makes so much sense that Apple would be would be getting converts over from Android because they probably were on their I'll say it, cheapy LG Samsung phones. Um maybe they were on an MVNO, you know, and they said, "Why do I have to be on these cheap phones? Why not just get an iPhone?" And already it has that cachet because of Apple. I mean, yeah. Apple's done that to its business. So, this all very much falls in line with the whole conversation about like the Pixel hardware, what's happening with it, and it's it's disappointing because I wish that I could I'm no longer at a point in time where I can sell the Pixel on people because there are actually some better deals out there. Or even like the other day, they were selling the Note 10, I think, for $500, which is like an incredible, like, go get that thing. It's probably still going to last a little longer in terms of specs than some of these Pixels have been. So I don't know. I'm just, um, I'm very curious what... uh, Sorry to bring it back around to our to our pal, but I'm very curious to see how Rick Osterloh is going to uh, weather this hardware storm. I I feel as though he's gonna take a, he's gonna have to take a much more uh, visible role in communicating, if not directly to consumers, at least to the press, of saying th- th- this idea of we're not we're not confirming there's a pixel 4a we have no news about the 4a we have no date about the 4a we have no news about the pixel 5 we have no confirmation of the pixel 5 i think that if he's smart and he is really smart i i feel as though it's time to make sure that you're telling this make sure that he's telling the story of what they're trying to accomplish with the next generation of pixels uh and uh, communicate an understanding that they're that pixel does have a certain reputation for being a premium phone with premium styling, uh, but not necessarily with market-leading hardware features and a string of bad <laughs> uh, of uh, bad incidents in terms of durability and longevity. Um, and it does it does become difficult when uh, in a world where Apple uh, iPhones are. Uh, it's I, I have to really look it up to find out what is the oldest phone, oldest iPhone that will not be compatible with the new operating system that comes out this fall. I think it's the Pixel. That's Pixel. I think it's the iPhone 6S. I could be wrong. That's a long time ago. That's that's a very long time ago. 
and we're and unfortunately on the <laughs> on the Android end, the reason why you buy a Pixel is that they're going to guarantee you three years of updates. Don't worry, you're guaranteed. You won't it won't be obsolete for at least three whole years. Uh, and okay, and that and as we should as we always point out when when this discussion comes up, it's not quite a one to one relationship with OS updates because. Google does a lot of updates through the Play Store. But when you think about like, okay, but what if I buy a Samsung phone? What if I have even like a, like a top tier uh, Android phone and, uh, or a OnePlus, how, how long is it going to take before my carrier updates, the, before I can get a version of this phone that runs the latest operating system? I'm, I'm talking about the, the version that's out today or that's been out since October of last year. But it's shipping still with Android 9 uh, or shipping with Android 10. How long is it going to take for it to get Android 11? And then even so, how long am I going to continue to get hardware up, uh, to software updates and security updates? And if you're in a situation where you don't – you're not a f- particularly a fan of – you like Android – but you know what? All of apps that you use are available right. on iOS anyway. And here's this $400 phone uh, that that is a real honest-to-goodness iPhone. And you can get it in product red even for, the, even for $400. Uh, and you know that this thing has <laughs> been a long, long time. It's been like Antenna Gate, like iPhone 4 since they've, it's had like a major manufacturing defect to talk about. And you know that it's going to probably going to be like another. They're going to be. There might be a a, a crude crude mission to Mars by the time this thing becomes obsoleted by Apple. That's very enticing. Okay, but that, well, is. let's let's say to the moon. Definitely to the moon. Yeah, yeah. And you know the Android Police article that uh, talked about this glassback situation, which we're going to link to in the show notes. Also, make a very good mention, which I was thinking about. The Nexuses had very similar problems. Yep, boot loading, so boot, uh, boot loop problems of the Pixel, uh, the Nexus on. Five. Well, we uh, we talked uh, back in March about how uh, Mark Lavoy, who is the uh, head of uh, Pixel's March. computational <laughs> Pixel's computational photography team. Uh, that he's you know, left the team, he's left Google, and uh, I know that I probably along with everybody else around here was really really concerned uh, we were. Uh, about we were. how the man was going to get on, particularly in this economy. Uh, don't worry, <laughs> he has landed on his feet. You'll be happy. Well, I wasn't to know. worried about that. I was, you oh. know, I was more worried about what we were just talking about, which is the Google hardware division. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. So now he's. Uh, so- <laughs> It's 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 a good news bad news situation, and it's the same news. It depends on whether you work for Google <laughs> or whether you are a consumer. Uh, so now he's working at Adobe, and uh, no big deal. Just change freeway exits, uh. <laughs> exactly. And he's uh, so now he's going to be doing the same computational photography work uh, for Adobe that he used to be doing for uh, for wow. Google. And wow. just to refresh your memory, uh, at uh, uh, as a professor, he was a pioneer of computational photography. Uh, I, uh, he's the if you if you have ever taken a picture at night and it actually looks good, you can thank Mark. The Lavoie. comet picture that I took last week yes. that I posted um, that was thanks Mark Lavoy because of you, I was able to take a picture of this comet that apparently is only yep. around every six thousand years. So yep. cool. 
Google's Google's HDR Plus, also him and his team and his researchers. Basically, uh, Google was famous for at every uh, camera at every phone launch saying, oh, I know that the iPhone has 16 cameras and the Samsung phone has 23. Uh, We don't need all that fancy hardware because we have computational photography. And he's so he's the person, the head of the team that actually made that happen. And now he's working at Adobe uh, doing exactly the same things, it seems. Uh, The uh, news is that his duties are going to be spread across all Adobe products. But uh, in an email to The Verge, uh, when they were queried about it, Adobe said his work would be, quote, centered on the concept of a universal camera app, unquote. And that could mean a lot of things. Um, if we take it literally, you would assume that it means uh, a camera app that works on all phones, works on iOS, works on Android. Uh, it could mean a camera function that will work inside Adobe's mobile apps, uh, Adobe does have an Adobe camera app, which is mostly like AI, uh, really cool AI filters. Uh, Lightroom also has a built-in uh, camera apps or maybe that. Um, I think The Verge is also suggesting that maybe they could also be talking about a camera engine that other developers could use. I don't know how that would uh, benefit Adobe, uh, but it could mean a lot of things. But the, 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 the key takeaway of that is that if uh, Mark Lavoie's research is now going to say every uh, like if the if a, if in 2021 I can have an iPhone that not only benefits from having three distinct cameras uh, for three distinct situations, plus all the computational photography that uh, Apple's own in-house processing is doing, plus I can also be running Adobe's app on that and get the same kick that I've been getting from HDR plus. Uh, and night sight from that and all rolled into an adobe camera app that's a key advantage of the pixel phone that starts to not go away but become a lot dimmer in this in the in the night sky would you say there's been a lot of hubbub about this just in our like little circle because a it's it's a bummer, especially because we've been wondering again, like what's been going on with the hardware division? What is Google going to have to like stand on with its smartphones? And now I'm just like, I'm just thinking, is this going to be a boon for Adobe? Is this going to, you know, I mean, this is a boon for Adobe. What am I saying? Like, this is going to be, this is a great get for them. Um, I know they have their whole suite of apps. They really, you know, they really make your creative cloud account kind of worth the money by unlocking all of like this great mobile, all these great mobile apps that you can use and have it integrate with like your Lightroom library and all this stuff. It's great. I love it. I'm also just, again, very concerned about what this is going to do. Like what is the pixel going to stand on if not the computational photography? And it's not to say that the people who are at Google right now don't have the development cachet to be able to, make this a better product than it was with Mark Lavoie on board. It's just before Google could stand on that completely. Now it's like, oh, by the way, remember, like we also used to be really good at this. I don't know. It's just I think the whole um, the aura of this podcast episode that we're doing is what is going on with this hardware division. Like there's all these changes that have been happening. There's a delay for a phone that really should have been competing against the iPhone SE this entire time. 
Because the time when people are losing their jobs left and right is like the best time to put out something affordable. Uh, and and Google doesn't have that. And so, yay Adobe, but what is going to happen to those Pixel phones? Yeah. You know? Especially also because, by the way, Pixel, not the only great Android camera out there. You can, right. those OnePluses are great. Samsung, eh, they still suffer from the same problems they've been suffering for years, but it's neither here nor there at this point. Yeah. Well, like I said, I would love to see them. Uh, I would, I would love to see Google be a little bit more public about where they're going with Pixel because uh, I, I think that I think that they must have assumed when they wrote the roadmap that by the time they're preparing for the Pixel Five, it was going to be an established elite prestige brand, and it's a wonderful brand. I like it a lot, but I it would be a fantastic five hundred dollar phone. But they're not making a, a lot of great seven hundred and eight hundred dollar phones. That's I just all. can't. I can't help but think about when we were at the event in October, the Pixel event, um, which, by the way, almost a year ago. <laughs> I cannot believe how slowly time has gone by, and also how quickly it has flown by. Um, they made this huge hubbub of of the photography. They had Annie Leibovitz talking about how she uses the pixels for her work and all this. And I can't help but feel now looking back at it, how like that's, it's like putting a really pretty outfit on a really ugly person. I'm sorry. This is like, I don't mean ugly on the outside. I mean, ugly on the inside. Okay. No, I really do mean ugly on the inside, by the way. I just said that phrase too fast. Um, People, people who eat at a restaurant and leave a religious pamphlet in lieu of a tip. Oh my God, one hundred percent. Don't do that, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to say that Google is like ugly on the outside because it's not. It is a really pretty package. It's not ugly on the inside either. God, no. I'm just <laughs> came up with a really bad metaphor, but that is to say, it just felt like a lot of spectacle on something that maybe worked three years ago, but they needed a new angle in 2019 and they didn't bring it. And so now they're going to be playing catch up and that now we're at a dangerous, you know, we're in a day we're it's a dangerous predicament. And I'm, I know nobody expected in the hardware division for a pandemic to kind of like break down everything that they had planned. But I hope that they're taking this time to regroup a little bit and just really figure out like what the killer feature killer features are going to be because with the iphone se it was this is uh, this is an iphone at an affordable price for a lot and for a lot of people it was like heck yeah this is what i've been waiting for (sighs) that's my soapbox moment you know it 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 just it just bothers me that uh, again android fan love android and i'm really uh, there was a uh, this is how bad i'm i'm tempted to switch back to iphone um or at least bring bring another one back in the mix so right. there was a walmart had a sale on the iphone se normally 400 you can get it for 200 200 dollars for like about a week and what? yeah i wish with, i knew with, this i would have bought one for reference anyway keep yeah. going with with, ac- with activation so on on like at&t or verizon oh. um and so oh. I, I don't and i'm and i'm on the <laughs> I, and i'm on at&t so that will that will work fine and i thought about it and for exactly the same reason that you did saying well you know i'd haven't i'd um it would be almost 
okay to be under contract for well, actually no i think you could have gotten it unlocked uh, unlocked no contact whatever but it's, I, I thought about it but the only reason why i turned it down was that i am under i am with at&t um i don't i currently don't have like an at&t phone that i've purchased and so maybe if i hold out for a few months and wait for the next iphone i can get a really good deal on it by like saying okay fine just be a, be under contract for the next two two years which i was going to do anyway right uh, and so uh, and that that's how much i'm thinking ah oh, i'd kind of yeah it's weird. I mean, I, I, even if I did switch to uh, switch back to iPhone, I would still be like a bicameral, uh, ecumenical phone user. Like, just as of I'm course. often, just as just as I'm, I'm almost always from out for the entire day. I've got an iPhone in my pocket because mm-hmm. I have to maintain my proficiency and still be exploring and learning about what's new with with the iPhone. But I have to see that I have to say that it doesn't get me excited. About the, the 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 idea of the Pixel Five doesn't get me as excited as the idea of what I could get with a new iPhone. Um, hmm. We're almost out of time, but we, we do have enough time for our after dinner mint, which is our light little uh, dish of sorbet uh, afterward. Um, and it comes from uh, a Q and A that uh, appeared in Gizmodo this week, uh, asking the question: How did people search the web before Google? Like centering mm. on like 1997, and it was a very interesting article because it wasn't just somebody from Gen X who works at Gizmodo saying, "Oh, <laughs> let me tell you about hand curated web directories." There was even a <laughs> book called "The Internet Yellow Page." Oh, I got to explain what the yellow pages were. <laughs> no, it, they actually talked to uh, a bunch of uh, I'm sorry, academics. I'm just laughing at it. Apparently, Gen X are having that voice. Anyway, <laughs> y'all are not that old. Anyway. <laughs> Keep going. Well, no, but we we did grow up watching uh, the uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer uh, Rankin Fair. Bass uh, Christmas special, and so we like to pretend we're uh, Santa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Rudolph, mm-hmm. won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Uh... Anyway, uh, so it, it was very interesting because they actually asked a bunch of academics. Uh, for their takes on it, and of course, a very quick the, the the quick answer is okay. Well, there were human compiled directories uh, uh, like AltaVista. There was uh, the first one was uh, Wandex, uh, but then there were like spiders that would uh, that web, web crawlers that would go out and try to map out the the internet. Uh, but uh, there were lots of interesting thing, opinions to go with. Uh, Amelia Acker, who's an assistant professor of information at University of Texas at Austin. Uh, makes the interesting point, I thought, that uh, the web search in the early days was less about using a powerful Google algorithm to find exactly what you want mm. and more about, and she uses the word, questing. So beautiful. You know, you, yeah, exactly. You're forging your own path. So um, and specifically saying that modern ad targeting and tracking has removed a lot of that from the experience. 100%. Yeah. I actually, I actually want to quote this uh, yes. because it was so nicely put. Let me give you an example of an adventurous early web search expedition. There was a time when searching for song lyrics for Small Town Boy could lead you to locating the first German fan page for Jimmy Somerville. 
These days, if you search for the song lyrics, Google will excerpt the lyrics from a website like lyricfind.com. When you move from a questing experience to a precise algorithmic experience, Mm. search becomes routine and relatively prescriptive. You may get exactly what you want with Google search, but you will likely lose a lot of the serendipitous features and access to weird heterogeneous content that made the early web so fun and exciting to explore. Can I comment 100%. on this? Yes, please. Um, I mean, of course, we're co-hosts here. I, uh, I believe I believe you can, <laughs> and it's going to be exceptional. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking a lot about this because we've been stuck at home, and I get a lot of. Uh, I was getting a lot of messages from friends. It was like, "How are you online all the time? Like this is exhausting." And I was thinking about God when I was. A kid, I loved being online because of this exact reason. It was like questing. I would stay up till three, four in the morning. I would get in so much trouble. I would be so tired the next day. But I would go on adventures at night on the internet, reading things, learning things, um, sometimes going to dark, scary places. Sometimes it would also lead me into wonderful places where I would meet wonderful people, some of whom I'm like still Instagram friends with to this day. Uh, We don't have that in this world anymore. And it is very true. The internet has felt like, I mean, maybe that's why we're so exhausted by it now. I didn't feel this kind of exhaustion by it back in the day. It felt like an escape from the reality. Now the internet is too reality reality because they, you know, they figured out how to market it. They figured out how to monetize it. Some have. Um, We're just talking about struggling here in online media, but uh, it's... You know, there's a lot of people to blame there. But anyway, um, God, I really do miss that. And I have actually been trying really hard to hearken back to this. I think that's kind of why I I really um, fell for chat places like Discord. I don't know. There's just something because you could go into a Discord channel. It's like, what's happening in here? Who are the people in here? It would be like going into, you know, an AOL chat room and just like, hey, Anybody want to talk about this really specific topic? Got any wares? Yeah. For, I mean, God, this, uh, there's so much more to say about this, but I really, I'm the one who shared this link, by the way, with Andy, because <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. The other thing that they mentioned was uh, web rings, which I yeah, recently, just the other day, I went down a wormhole on the Wayback Machine of a web ring that I used to belong to called Save Our Sailors. And it was a Sailor Moon web ring. And there was a very specific gif that you would put on your website to denote that you were part of this web ring. And of course, after a little image, there was little arrows. You know, you'd either go forward in the link tree or you'd go back to the link tree or you would go randomly forward. It, uh. And that was a really great way to just like find fan sites and a thing that you're, ugh. Oh, I really miss, I miss it. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah. I mean, if it was, uh, uh, this is another point that was uh, uh, underscored by uh, Sophia Umoja Noble, an associate professor of information studies and co-director of the UCLA Center for Critical Internet Inquiry at UCLA, uh, making the point that um, algorithm-based searches uh, 
sort of shields us from the concept of individual expertise mm-hmm. that this is driven once again by by adwords by people who are paying to get the highest placement uh she's saying and i'm quoting here uh this has led to a big gap between knowledge and advertising in search engines especially when trying to understand complex issues in some ways search has undermined our trust in expertise and critical thinking mm-hmm. backed by investigated facts and research and left us open to manipulation by propaganda Search engines may be great in helping us find banal information, but they have also desensitized us to the value of slow, deliberate investigation, the kind that makes for a more informed democracy. Uh, and I, I definitely felt this. Um, the uh, I'm, I keep mentioning every now and then this really, really intense and long, long-term like historical research project I've been on, and um, it's. So it's one of the things that's made it so interesting is that it defies Google search. It's not the sort of thing where uh, I can find, like I can do a Google search on a couple of keywords because I didn't know what the right keywords were until I was mm-hmm. two years into this. And even mm-hmm. when I have the right keywords to search for, uh, like uh, Ms. Noble says, I'm finding uh, – <laughs> I'm, I'm finding uh, – search results i'm not finding necessarily knowledge and what i'm what's becoming more fruitful is when i find a search will turn up uh like an academic paper that someone wrote and okay let's do a search on linkedin or facebook to see if this hey wow she's still a professor not there anymore but she's a professor over there and you email her and she knows all about this. She's she wrote who wrote she wrote her dissertation on this and she still teaches like two academic courses on this narrow subject, but she's an expert in this, and she can actually tell you what's not only uh, the information that you need, but also the understanding behind it and where to go to learn more about it. Um and uh, Ms. Noble was also was making the point about uh how uh, librarians would help you to learn something. Where they they aren't going to just simply mm. uh, librarians like particularly when you get into like a really big library where there's a there's an architecture library there's a physics library there's this kind of library where if you ask them why is the sky blue they can't if they I mean actually let's 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 do that let's see what a Google search says why why is the sky blue I'm gonna do a Bing search. And we get an info box saying, the short answer, gases and particles in Earth's atmosphere scatter sunlight in all directions. Blue light is scattered more than other colors because it travels at shorter, smaller waves. This is why we see a blue sky most of the time, according to a website called skyjinx.gov. So it is a government-approved science uh, website. The Oh, it's from NOAA. Uh, but the thing is, if I'm getting this from a box, here is the raw – here is just basically the factual answer as opposed to, well, who provided this answer? What is his or her expertise and what is their opinion about this? Uh, and whereas if you were to ask a librarian about it, they would be able to understand the depth of your question and give you a more broad interface into everything that's been written and studied about it. And that's not the sort of thing that you naturally get with Google search. Now, I will I will defend – Google search. I have to ask, what's your? What did you find? Blue sky porn. 
Yeah, no, uh, I'm on Bing, by the way, just for those following along. And what I found, what I found was, I'm sorry, Andy. I know I kept making a face and then no, no, no. going down I, my I, rabbit it's, hole. It's got to be good. Uh, the Patristic Nectar Publications, which is basically um, a bunch of Orthodox monks teaching, uh, doing videos about why the sky is blue, and I'm I'm afraid to watch it. Like I'm I'm Orthodox myself, but I don't know. I'm I'm scared. I'm really scared. Is it? Oh, it's. Uh, oh, it's actually, no. Okay. No, okay. Sorry. We're not doing blue. that anymore. I should stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that the number one search related to why is the sky blue on Google is why is the sky blue for kids? Which I know what they're saying. I know they're saying they're looking for like a kid's explanation. Uh-huh. But it's like, well, because because children have their eyes at the end of independently operating eye stalks from 2 to 18 centimeters, which only dry up and drop off when they become 19 years old. Uh, uh, but that's but that, that's the sort of stuff we're talking about. That now, I, I, And let's, let's just say that uh, it's not as though this is an entirely a bad thing, but it is a different sort of thing. When you have a search engine that can simply, uh, in, mm-hmm. in the old days when you went to the school library and picked out a volume of an encyclopedia, you would see, and even if you wanted to know uh, how much rain does, what's the highest point in uh, the, the, the country of Brazil and how much rain does it get? Uh, you could find that in the article about Brazil, but you would be reading an entire article about Brazil while you're, right. while you're getting there, as opposed to, I'm not going to even, bother because we're running late but so here is here is the name here is the place here is it on a map and here is the rainfall you get at that place you don't get that sort of serendipitous thing that we we're talking about earlier where you would find a little bit about the culture by accident hmm. or you'd find out more information or you'd find out the context of well this is the highest point in uh, in brazil and as a consequence of the rainfall that it gets here's what ha- is happening at that highest point so it's a it's a lot to digest. It's it's the fascinating thing about the the confluence of technology and society is that we really can't see the effect that t- technology is happening, uh, technology is having upon society while it's having that effect. Mm-hmm. We can only look back and suddenly compare uh, the size of a glacier uh, today versus the size of a glacier uh, ten years ago to say, ooh didn't notice that that was so much closer now than it was before that is a hell of a metaphor especially when you consider uh that that quote about how it's hard for folks to really trust the internet uh man yeah (sighs) particularly when people who have a, a political or social agenda that are trying to say, okay, if someone is asking about the, the 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 safety of vaccines, are they doing it just because they just want to be their normal people who want right. to be informed, or because they want to have their worries confirmed? And as people who are trying to compel people into believing rubbish, how can we buy the right AdWords so that our article, our bogus article? <laughs> Filters up, filters up to the top, and reaches the most gullible and vulnerable parents that are that are on uh, that are on uh, Google. How oh, the well. internet was ruined. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think hey. that'll do it for us this week, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, mm. this was uh, Flo, Anything, good. anything you got published going on in the next in the next couple of weeks that you want to yeah. highlight? 
I'm coming down on the radar of a really, really big uh, research project of my own. I mean, it's it's a lab project, right? I'm tinkering with these things in real time. Uh, so until then, FlorenceION.com for updates. And I'm actually working on some nostalgic sort of website things right now that I'm hoping to put out in the next month or so. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this summer goes. I'm feeling Very creative. Good. Uh, as for me, I'm going to be on, as usual, uh, WGBH Radio, NPR, Boston on Friday, 89.7 on your terrestrial radio dial, or just go to WGBHnews.org uh, to stream it live or later. I think it's going to be on at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, but of course, they put it up on the website later that day before we go uh thank you for signing up for memberships we are in the middle of a membership derive if you go to relay dot relay.fm slash material you can become a member of relay.fm get access to special content uh that flo and i will be recording very very shortly mm-hmm. uh, and also the special content that is being prepared by all relay.fm uh, hosts, especially f- as thank yous for people who have purchased memberships. That does mm-hmm. help us out uh, quite a bit. And we do thank you for uh, taking all the steps necessary to do a, a currency transaction through <laughs> this web we call worldwide. That's going to do it for us this week. I think everybody, thank you so much for listening to us this week. We hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, have an awesome seven days. Bye. Bye. <laughs>